Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Earlier this week, Tennessee and Virginia, a lawsuit at the NCAA because of some of the allegations or violations. And, of course, we're now joined by Tennessee Attorney General. We appreciate Jonathan Skirmetta for joining us. I know you uh, you have a busy schedule, and please appreciate your time in the middle of Texas, uh, Attorney General. Why now? Why is this happening now? Well, we saw the enforcement start. So it's, it's been very uncertain. The rules have been all over the place. And then all of a sudden you see Florida State get tagged, and there were all these rumors that other universities were coming up. Uh, you know, we had a tangle with the NCAA about a potential bowl ban about a year ago. Uh, and, you know, when there, was, when there was any indication that Tennessee might be on the list, uh, you know, that, that suggested we had to start looking out. You know, the NCAA has been bad to the University of Memphis. It's been bad to UT. Uh, they are just not fair to the student-athletes. And it seemed like the right time to, to use the antitrust power the state has to say so. And, you know, we were joined by Virginia in that. And we're going to fight for these student-athletes. Mr. Scametti, when you look at the rights of student-athletes, is the desire to have less rules, more openness, more freedom for the student-athletes to make decisions, be approached, that types of things, or just have a different, uh, I guess, uh, outlet to come up and propose and, and get these rules taken care of to kind of rope this thing in? What, what's kind of the end goal here? Is it more freedom, or is it just not having the power in the hands of the NCAA? I mean, in the long run, the idea is to have clear rules and fair rules where the, the student athletes that are producing the product that generates all the money for everybody else in this industry get their fair share through their NIL rights. Uh, you know, the, the rules right now are arbitrary. They are uh, unclear. They're constantly shifting. And the enforcement is arbitrary. And we want to make sure that, you know, that, that it's fair, that the student athletes can get compensated and also that, you know, you don't have any sort of whack-a-mole situation where there are favorites and there are villains and the rules aren't applied evenly. And that's what it looks like has been happening lately. Do you feel like the NCAA is hypocritical or is that too simple? I mean, it's a, it's a huge entity and that's part of the problem. You know, there's there's an awful lot going on in the NCAA. And I think it's the students who suffer for that. Uh, so, you know, that that may be part of the problem, but... It wasn't that long ago they were saying that Tennessee was an example of, you know, cooperation that every other university should follow. Uh, you know, UT was 
self-reporting, cleaned house, uh, voluntarily surrendered scholarships, did everything they were supposed to do. Uh, and yet you hear that there's uh, potential trouble on the horizon. But, but our case is not focused on UT. It's focused on the way the NCAA treats student athletes. And that's just one instance that we're concerned with. You know, there are a lot of schools in Tennessee. There are a lot of athletes in Tennessee that go to schools in other states. And we want to make sure that they're given a fair opportunity to find out what the market value of their NIL rights is uh, and to be able to make informed decisions about where they want to go to school. Attorney General, uh, Virginia also filed. Do you expect, uh, and have you had any other phone calls? I'm not sure what you could actually tell me or not, but have you had other states contact you to want to join this too? So, so I can't talk specifics about that. Um, I can point to our transfer portal case, which we have uh, in West Virginia. Started off with seven of us. It's expanded. The USDOJ has jumped in. We've got other states that have jumped in. Now, this one might be a little bit different. It may be that everybody wants to sit it out and see what the uh, the legal resolution is, at least until we get through the preliminary injunction stage. So, you know, I, it wouldn't shock me if more people jumped in, but it's not necessary, and it may or may not happen. When you look at where you are, and uh, when this came down, what was it, Wednesday, the amount of reaction, and, and it's almost like what I have felt, and we have a sports law attorney on yesterday, it was almost like everybody's been waiting for this moment. Did you get that 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 feel as well, or that same uh, opinion? I mean, that's that's the feeling I got, and that's that's certainly the way it is here. I mean, we, you know, there have been a number of arbitrary actions that have gotten my attention, and and I've been concerned. And I know Jason Miara's up in Virginia feels the same way. He's he's a James Madison University alum. You know, he has a reason to be concerned about the NCAA these days. Um, and it was a matter of like picking the right time to make a move. Uh, and when they started enforcement with FSU, we had, we had to move pretty fast to get mm-hmm. this thing together. Uh, but the goal is to stop the damage to the student athletes, financial opportunities as soon as possible to avoid another year of them being taken advantage of. So we've seen the, the start of this, uh, this week. And we've, we've seen as, as he just mentioned, the, the feeling that this could be the big one, so to speak, you mentioned the preliminary injunction. Can you kind of just take us through this process as we all wonder what the end goal is, how does this all work starting this week and, and then moving forward? Sure. So the way it currently works, uh, is players aren't allowed to negotiate NIL rights, uh, until they've committed or until they've signed with a school so they're, they're stuck talking to one collective. They can't go out and test the market, talk to different people, see what different deals are available, and then decide they have to lock themselves into one particular course, and only then can they talk, talk costs, which means they're not going to get anywhere near the same amount of money. They're not really negotiating in a market. What we are asking for, and we've got a request for a temporary restraining order because the window opens on February 7th, we're asking the court to say, that the NCAA cannot enforce those restrictions on NIL negotiations so that student athletes can go out and talk to multiple collectives and see what the different opportunities are so they can make an informed decision rather than having to guess and hope that they're making the best decision for their futures. Uh, I saw where Tim Mead, your press secretary, who helped set this up with us, and we appreciate Tim, but also you, Attorney General, for being a part of the show, where where the state has been actually, you have been investigating the NCAA, is that right, for about a year? 
Well, and it's not a formal investigation. Yeah, I sent him a, a letter about the potential bull ban last year saying that that would violate Tennessee state law. It would also violate the NCAA's own, own policy statement, which says we're not going to punish kids who didn't do anything wrong for the actions of a program. Uh, you know, in the, in the UT case, there were some problems. Uh, they cleaned house, fired people, self-reported, and yet the NCAA was apparently considering a bull ban uh, for a team of students that had nothing to do with any of the bad conduct. And that's just not fair. Uh, and it violates their right to uh, to market their NIL rights without without arbitrary restriction. What would you think is the perfect, and I don't know if there's ever any of that, but what would be the perfect scenario in your opinion? You know, it's, it's hard to say exactly what that looks like. Uh, what we have now is pretty bad. You know, they, there's there's a lot of talk about how it's the Wild West. I think it's worse than that. It's the Wild West coupled with arbitrary enforcement. Uh, if it was just the Wild West, I would say you just need to bring structure in. But the, really, the two problems here are clarity and fairness. You have to be fair to the student athletes. You have to be fair without regard to, you know, which program is associated with which school. Everybody should be playing by the same rules. Enforcement should be even. The rules should be clear. And the students who are ones out there who create the entire foundation for college sports should be able to get compensated fairly uh, for their NIL rights because they're the ones that give everybody else the opportunity to prosper. Do you feel like the NCAA is failing college and and student-athletes? Yeah. I I think Chancellor Plowman said it very articulately in her letter. And, And so the process, Craig asked earlier about what's next. So I, I saw a report from Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports about there are certain deadlines for filing this or that. What do you expect to be the next part of this lawsuit? So we're going to find out about the temporary restraining order sometime next week. Uh, and then we have a hearing on the preliminary injunction on February 13th, I believe. And at that hearing, both sides are going to show up. They're going to argue whether or not the court should stop the NCAA from enforcing these restrictions for a while until the case can resolve. Uh, Now, how these two things turn out doesn't necessarily indicate which way the case is going. We could potentially win the TRO and ultimately lose. We could potentially lose the TRO and ultimately win. Um, You know, everybody's going to be reading tea leaves, but the fight's going to keep going no matter what. Uh, and so we're not going to have real clarity until the end of this. And that could be years from now, potentially. There will be appeals, could go all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, the Alston case did, and, and that's what triggered this whole situation. The NCAA is pointing the finger at Tennessee and or Florida State and or whoever, Florida. Uh, are you representing the schools or are you representing the student athletes who play, play college athletics? So UT is a client, just like every other part of the state of Tennessee is a client. But right. in this case, uh, I have the authority to bring antitrust claims on behalf of the people of Tennessee. And so I'm bringing them on behalf of the student athletes of Tennessee uh, under the federal Sherman Act. The NCAA is obviously uh, in a world of lawsuits. And, and here's another one. Uh, is there a world, Mr. Scrimetti, where you see that being an entity that can get its wits about itself, can agree, can can come to some some uh, types of, uh, I guess, uh, agreements and arrangements to where it is still an entity that matters the way that it still does in college sports? Or are you of the opinion that it's dying days or ahead of it as an organization having the type of influence that it does? 
I think if it's going to get back on track, there have to be some pretty big changes in the in the way things happen. And part of that is the rules. You know, you've got these new rules. NIL rights are real. State law recognizes them. We've got a lot here in Tennessee. And it's, it's almost like the organization was trying to cling to the old rules and sort of adapt to the new ones, but they ended up in this messy in-between. And now they're looking to enforce, but they're enforcing in what looks like a pretty arbitrary way. So there's a lot that would have to change to fix those problems. Uh, it's pretty heavy lift. I got one more question, and we do appreciate your time. Really do. And thanks to Tim Meads and your staff for setting this up. Do you feel I'm like sure that, that the, the schools are giving the players their value or are the players or student athletes giving the schools value? I mean, ideally both, but when you look at the amount of money involved in this, you know, the NCAA has set up a rule structure that keeps players from maximizing the value that they can get out of it. You know, the, the, the law, I think pretty much everywhere, certainly I think here, says they can't be directly compensated for their play, but they have their NIL rights, and there, there's certainly lots of ways to monetize that, and their ability to do that has been greatly restricted. Uh, what they can receive is suppressed, as a result of these NCAA rules. And meanwhile, everybody else is making a fortune in this industry. Did you ever think when you accepted this position that you would be talking about a lawsuit against the NCAA involving college athletics? You know, I saw some pretty bad stuff happen with respect to the University of Memphis back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I'm lying if I said it wasn't a pipe dream, but I never thought it was going to go down like this. I mean, it's it's been a very dramatic week. Uh, Usually, we, we do cool stuff here, but usually it's not this dramatic in such a short period of time. Thank you very much, Attorney General. Thank you for your time. Good luck moving forward. Uh, all we want is for everything to uh, be fair, right? Uh, everything to be fair for whoever runs it, whoever they're running, the players, the student-athletes, the schools, et cetera. Thank you very much. Jonathan Scrametti, Attorney General from the state of Tennessee with us on 365 Sports. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.